This episode is brought to you by the wine for bodacious gals like us. Be bold, be outspoken, be bodacious. Now we're back. She was just singing. Is it even loading? Is it even working? <laughs> it's working. <laughs> Shane, we know back, how to back run again. A we know podcast. how to shoot. Jeez, you'd honestly think what episode is this? 68? 70. 70? Like, what is going on? Like, how do we not know after 70 episodes how I to shoot a freaking podcast? We. Do you know what that is? That's 70 hours. They say after 10 hours you should not have do something. How after 70 do we not know? Well, that is crazy. You're bullying us for no reason. I think, Tori, we are doing a fantastic job, and we have learned a new skill. I'm no bully. You're a bully. Now tell me why you're a bully. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let us preface a little bit. Welcome back to Potty Talk, the podcast where where we shit talk talk ourselves. ourselves. I'm Jack. I'm Tor. And today we're going to go down memory lane. Now, when you're listening to this, it will be, is it the day before or the day after my birthday? What did you decide? The day before. Okay. So clearly it is not actually a live day that we're filming this, but in real life, it'll be my birthday tomorrow, which means I'll be 23. No, no, no. I'm sorry. The day it comes out on the Wednesday. It's your birthday on the Tuesday. So, so I'm 23 time, yeah. by the time we're listening to this. That's all I She's going to be an old fart by the time you're listening to this. Um, it's going to be very interesting. It'll be a little lockdown birthday. Stay tuned. How much I'm crying on my birthday. I don't know how that will actually go, but we'll see how that will end up. (laughs) Anyways, all this talk about birthdays though, and kind of thinking about that, it kind of got me into our going down memory lane. So we were like, let's do a whole episode kind of chatting about weird historical moments in our life that we we had a, that we would have maybe never shared or also just like had no reason to ever bring up, whether they're weird, embarrassing, hilarious impacted us or yeah, just impacted your personality. So I would love to kind of go down year by year and just share our childhood Jack and tour and what we did. All right. Well, Do you have anything off the top since well, you are older I was thinking, you were alive before me? <laughs> 1996, baby. The year that I was blessed on the earth. Um, <laughs> were you born fabulosity? I was born in fabulosity. No. So I would say, I don't know like what some of those like as early memories I have that are so funny are like my dad used to do this thing where he would cook my sister and I on the bed. He'd be like, <laughs> first you take the chicken and he'd roll us out because he'd pretend to be, what's that um, woman's name? The, the chef woman uh, that everyone, <laughs> what's her name? The chef woman? Uh, something child, Eloise child or... Oh, I don't know who that is. Okay, I don't know. It's not coming <laughs> right to my head, but like it, it was like a famous chef at the time, and then he'd be like, first, you take the chicken, and he would like go like this, hey, you chop the chicken, and he would, we were like little kids, and he'd basically yeah, like yeah. cook us. And I can just imagine like you kids are belly yeah, laughing, like, <laughs> like stir fry on the bed, and it was like a whole thing. Um, so that was like an influential child me- memory. And then another influential child memory that comes to mind, my grandmother... And we'd go to her house and she had these two couches that sat on either side and it'd be like one side of the couch here and then one here. And there was like kind of running room in between because we'd like move the the the, um, yeah. the table over and we'd play this game called Beastmaster where my mom, <laughs> we made it up obviously, my mom would be on one side of the couch ma- mastering that couch and my dad would be mastering the other side of the couch and they'd have pillows and the whole game would be that my sister and I, my brother wasn't alive yet, we'd run to one side of the couch, we'd have to steal the pillow and then somehow get it to the other Beastmaster's lair. And oh. but the Beastmaster in between would like grab you and tickle you and like like a whole thing. So you have to like somehow get the pillows, Beastmaster, fight your way like with the pillow the flag. and then run it back to the other safe mm. couch and get it to the safe side. That's so Beastmaster was epic times to be alive. Wait, that totally just triggered a memory. Okay, growing up, so I was really close with my cousins. We were all around the same age and we would visit my grandparents' house and my grandparents are shout out to them. Great people, absolutely love. And we would all kind of be in their basement like 
the kids would stay in the basement and kind of play around as like dinner would say be getting cooked or whatever and the adults would stay upstairs and our grandparents were fairly like strict slash we were very scared of them like especially my grandpa as children it's so funny now because like my grandpa's like my homie now but at the time as kids like you were kind of scared of grandpa a little bit like he was like you know strict yeah and so all four of us cousins were all playing in the basement I think we were playing like hide and go seek take or something and I specifically remember there was like these almost like foam ping pong paddles but Mm. like the actual paddle wasn't what it was foam so you would use them to kind of like play a bit of a game but the handle was plastic okay and I guess at one point my younger cousin Michael and also for context Michael and me were like dubbed as like the wild child and the two older ones were like the more like normal Chill, level headed yeah. ones so we were kind of like two little partners in crime and we were always kind of like crazy and got in trouble and that was just the two of us but I was also just a bit smarter at the time and more manipulative than Michael so I would like frame Michael to get in trouble and I just wouldn't oh my god you're or evil. I would like be a part of the drama but I just wouldn't like execute you know what I'm saying yeah so I don't remember how this exactly happened, but we were having a bit of a war and like running around in the basement. And then Michael, I guess, got this like ping pong, foam ping pong thing and like threw it across like to like hit someone. Okay. But it just completely hit the wall and absolutely like dented and scuffed the wall like really <gasps> bad. And we were all like, we all stopped frozen in no. our trap. We're like, uh-oh, we just like scratched the wall. Like Terrifying. grandpa's going to freak yeah. out. So I don't remember exactly what happened if one of us went upstairs to confess or one of the adults came down and right away they noticed that like something had happened. No. And then luckily... Luckily, Michael ended up getting all of the wrath and not all of us for like instigating it. So again, just work smarter, not harder. That's the main takeaway from that little five-year-old lesson. You're crazy. You're mean. I wasn't the one that did it. That's funny. (laughs) Um, Another thing that comes to mind from childhood, I may have told this on the podcast that we had our whole like... um, VHS camera and like Mm. all of our camera gear stolen when I was a kid. So like I have no home videos. Yeah, I have nothing. That's which is so when I'm and Kim Kardashian one day and they have all those throwback videos. Like I need that. Like I'm pissed. (laughs) I'm so mad. Honestly, that is the one thing. If I ever lost, I would be devastated for. That's why I spent. The thing is, I lost it so long ago that I guess I'm not devastated because I almost don't know what I lost. Like because I don't know what was even on it. Yeah. Like they took the container and they took everything. So I I don't don't get it. Why would you steal someone else's home videos? Um, a lot of, so there was, there was tapes in the camera at the time that were taken with the camera because they obviously stole the camera. Yeah. And then there was like a, I guess like some sort of bucket with extra gear and stuff, but then there was tapes in there. Yeah. So the tapes just like, I'm sure got thrown in the garbage. And all of your home photos? Photos we have. Oh, you yeah. have photos. Lots of photos, just not video. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. I would honestly be so crushed. I'm sorry, dude. No, it's fine. I mean, yeah, you have a ton of videos. Mm-hmm. The thing is, I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm sure there's something somewhere if we really tried to look and or find. Or on someone else's, like, childhood Or maybe videos, on someone like else's. Or, or, mm. Wait, they, no one recorded a ton of video. I don't remember that being, like, a huge part of mm-hmm. my childhood. I remember it kind of being around, but I think we took more photos. Like, mm-hmm. we have a ton of childhood photos. Yeah. But. It is so weird to think, too. Like, what a privilege in modern day that everyone has an iPhone and can record every moment of their I baby. Know. And, like, I don't know if that's good or bad. I don't know. And it's, like, weird to think that babies' childhood photos will be, like, on an iPhone and it's not, like, so this, like, weird, weird like, Well, it was film. funny because, yeah, speaking of, like, the preciousness of, like, actual film, we were over at my grandparents a few weeks ago and they had some of their, like, wedding photos that were, that mm. they had found, like, in the closet, but they were in, like, nice frames and stuff. And Adam and I were looking at them and we were just saying, it's so weird how the value of that seems far superior than like scrolling through your iPhone and finding like a photo of someone else's wedding. Oh, totally. Like, I don't know what it is, but like the tangible quality of like a photo shot on film preserved mm. over time. 
maybe that's it. This this idea that we don't have to preserve the memories anymore. Yeah, it makes it less special. It does. And it's so weird. Yeah, the whole like I can scroll back to 2014 in my phone. Like that yeah. makes it so unexciting to see how hideous I was looking in 2014. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. It is like the whole concept of time makes things just inherently more valuable. Like I remember my aunt a few weeks ago had FaceTime me and she's like, you're not going to believe what I just found. Like I was cleaning out a dresser, same yeah. kind of thing. And I guess it was this, um, my mom, so my aunt was moving to Ottawa at the time and she lived near us growing up. And so we were kind of writing this like going away kind of card and like we were writing cute things about her. So my mom, I guess, had interviewed us and like wrote down our answers and it would be like fill in the blank. Like Aunt Donna means blank to me. So we would say like weird yeah. and hilarious things and be like, my Aunt Donna's favorite thing is like chicken. Like we would put like right. say hilarious weird Words, things. Yeah. So anyway, she had it all like written out. It was like in our writing and like cute. it was just like random piece of paper that at the time was probably like, oh, cute. Like thanks for writing that Jacqueline Harrison or whatever. But then looking back 20, 20, almost 25 years later, it becomes like the most hilarious, like, oh my God, like Can't we did that so long. This. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like in the moment it meant nothing. Yeah. So it is weird though. I do kind of struggle and hover on the line of like, should I save this for archival purposes and I just know. for like the art of saving things? But then the other part, like, the other part of me is so minimalist and it's like, get rid of it. But did you see that Kim Kardashian had saved like everything from Kanye's like um, lyrics that he had written for her and stuff no. and she was able to pull it? Yeah. What does that mean? She just was speaking to the fact that she keeps everything and just recently she posted um, a photo of Kanye's. Uh, birthday card to her and he ended up using the words he wrote in the card to her in his latest album like on his song and she was like it's so crazy that like she's like I keep everything and he was one day struggling with lyrics and I brought out some of the old cards that he had written me and then he he had like taken some of the things because he was like you're my god you're my holy person and then he ended up like using those lyrics like in his new songs and she was like I keep everything because I'm so sentimental and she's like it's funny Mm -hmm. that it can all like influence itself and it is true. I definitely do see value in saving certain things, like looking back on, even for your kids or your, yeah. your family growing up, like it is so special to see those Well, it's moments. funny because my parents, they were together obviously when they were in high school and like they had, you know, obviously like exchanged cards and exchanged gifts and exchanged all these things. And my mom was saying she, her one regret is that when they, cause they broke up for one year in their early twenties and, um, she got rid of everything. And she's like, oh. I really regret that because She's like all of our like high school things and photos and stuff. Like there, there's obviously some, but she was like all of those like extra yeah, sentimental like things. I think yeah, she's like I think I legitimately had a burning party and we had like, uh. which I, I'm so conscious of that now. And I, I mean I wouldn't have done I wouldn't do it anyways. But I know that if Adam and I broke up, I would not get rid of like things. Well, it's even like that one day when your texts almost disappeared. Remember when? Oh, you I thought- was so pissed. Yes. Well, Adam and I like you know like an iMessage saves as like a long history of texts. And for some reason, one day I went to text him and I realized there was like nothing else there. Like I couldn't. It was like, it was like you were texting for the first for time. the first time. <laughs> and I said, guys, what? Like, look at this. Why is it like not coming up with our previous messages? And I had a little literal mini freak out because it was literally five years of us dating of text messages. Not that I would really ever need them or like that. Maybe like I don't know, but it's just like the idea like, that now it was gone. Now it was gone I'm like what like I just what if I, I needed to reference that or I don't know and it is so weird because I do hear the argument all the time of like the best memories are preserved like in your mind you got to be present like those are the memories but I do have to say there is like something so valuable whether it's looking back at text messages letters yeah. but videos like, even like stupid videos back when I was 16 like I put so much more value on them now because I'm like oh my god that's so cool to see like what I was doing I when know. I was 16 like, it's like at the time they have no value exactly. but I found one of my friend and I from high school like sitting in photo booth like hi welcome to our YouTube channel and it was like so stupid but now it's so precious because you realize yeah like 10 years later that's actually so nice that I had that moment with my friend totally yeah but I don't know if we'll feel the same in another 10 years because our technology has 
But, but, oh, it, but there's it's so different much of it now. because there's so much like we lose value in the sense that if back then we were taking five videos a year and we happen to preserve them, right. they're so precious because there's only five and they're cool. But like now we can basically follow our whole year in review on our iPhone and see That's what we true. did every single day. And even now with like the um, archive on Instagram with like the calendar know, of yeah. your stories, like you can truly go back to any day you and be like, what was I posting yeah. about? What do I... Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, so I don't know how I feel about it. It's all so weird. It is. It really is. Um, I have a really funny moment that I was actually, when we were, you know, conceptualizing Ideating. all of our uh, lovely story times. I have this hilarious story, which literally has followed me throughout my entire life ever since I was in SK, which like here in Canada, we have JKSK. It's like kindergarten, like your first years of school. So SK was the second, the second year. And at this point, so in JK, I was a very like, crying child like I would cry for the emotional first- you mean well like mm. I was a crying child I don't know if well, that's I don't think it was English. like emotional I was just I was crying at school like tw- I mean maybe I think I like missed my mom or like, I don't know what was happening okay. but I was also to be fair I have a late birthday so I was like three years old when I started school baby so I was a little bait like that seems so also like illegal how do you just like put a three-year-old in- <laughs> that doesn't make sense no I think I went to I went to Montessori when I was like three three or four yeah that just seems so young anyway so I guess I was like crying and like whatever and then eventually had this come to Jesus moment where I like figured out your school shit and, like, together yeah Fast forward by SK. I was like, I am ruling this like school. Like I got this little JK SK Jacqueline was just like living life. And at this point I had some of my friends in my class. I had like my neighbor Jeffrey and my cousin Michael was back in this okay. class. So like we were little shit disturbers and they were both like, God bless, love them. They would just like listen to whatever I would say. And I don't know where this idea comes from. And I have such blurry memories from this time, okay. but this story just gets told so often that like I can never forget it. So I guess I must've just been like being annoying. It was like Jeffrey, Michael, go steal. God bless poor Zach Rogers shoes shout out to Zach Rogers if he ever sees this and he just got I think a new pair of sneakers and I was just like I I told him to go steal it like that was their oh mission God, to go take them and I think what had happened is like you know how you would change your indoor shoes to your outdoor shoes yeah so I was like during like the crossover go in lunch, the cubbies. I, yes yeah. so like during the crossover at lunch I was like guys like go hide his new shoes or something I don't know and the thing is Zach kid was my friend like it made no sense so maybe you had a crush on him I don't know (laughs) go steal his shoes I can get his attention um did you find in Mitica that reminds me like when you're in elementary school and like that that whole sentiment that if a boy is mean to you they like you which makes absolutely absolutely no sense at all but but then I would but same I would be so mean to them back if I like someone I get same like I would just bully them and I'm like you better love me now yeah (laughs) which that is just so elementary it makes no sense the guy that definitely loved me the most is the one that called me spazbug and like ruined my (laughs) life by giving me the most harsh nickname ever (laughs) that's so funny yeah um yeah I don't know what that what the actual goal was anyways long story long I told them to go did you have like little fake play sets in your yeah like yeah like a little fake kitchen and stuff so they took his shoes and they put it in the little like fake refrigerator and just like hid them in there we were giggling we thought it was so funny and then i guess come after recess zach was like oh i don't know where my indoor shoes are they're not oh my, my god you're so and savage literally listen to this are you okay no i was oh, looking at my notes because i was thinking of grade one i told oh. this right but go ahead um anyway so now comes after recess my teacher goes, guys, Zach can't find his new shoes. We all need to get up and help him find his new shoes. So then listen to this. The whole classroom gets up and we start looking for his new shoes, except for me, Jeffrey, Michael. We're sitting there at our desk, like giggling. So it's so obvious that that we did something to them. So we're sitting there just like, 
don't say anything, like whatever. Where, where did you put them? They were in the refrigerator, like the kid refrigerator oh of like whatever. Oh my God. They were so in I the think, refrigerator. But this is what's even funnier. I think I, I don't remember the exact details. Someone that knows the story will have to watch this and tell me. I'm pretty sure I might've been the one that was like, I think I know where they are. And like went to the Classic. fridge and was like, oh Zach, I found your shoes. And like, whatever, then save the day. And they're like, well, who hid them in there? And then like Jeffrey and Michael ended up confessing for hiding them in there. So they so got- So you somehow got off scot-free yes, again? but then listen. So then- Jesus. Oh. And what makes it even funnier is that I'm pretty sure both the boys got cloudy notes home, which you would either get a, sun, a sunshine note if you were good and like have like a yeah. little standout moment or a cloudy note if oh someone was God. bad. So they both got cloudy notes for stealing someone's shoe. And you somehow got it. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't get a sunshine note. I didn't get that big of a reward, but I just got a neutral nothing and they got cloudy notes. Wow. Yeah. So that was like a really funny- I feel like that just is who you are as a person. Like you're the <laughs> orchestrator in the behind the scenes, but you won't actually like, this is why you and I are so different. Cause I would be the one that would just simply get in trouble, sent to the office, like own my shit forever. Was the shit disturber. Like you're too loud. Go. And you're like the one orchestrating in the background and then ah. everyone else gets fucking all but the I shit. I didn't commit the crumb. Yeah. But that's still <laughs> manipulation. That's insane. Anyways, no, it was just like this hilarious story. And oh my God. Poor Jeffrey and Michael never forgave me for I mean, yeah, me I getting them either. a cloudy note basically. That's insane. But I said, y'all were just too weak minded. Why did you listen to me? I was just having fun. No, that's still your problem. <laughs> that's hilarious. I'm sure I've told these two stories on the podcast, but these are the ones that are very influential what? to my elementary. The first is this my chapstick from Malada, and you know the man with the chapstick who that ended was up episode one. Yes, who ended up commenting on the podcast. Okay, retell Full it circle people moment. Know. Well, basically, if you didn't listen to the first episode, this man Maladin, he was in his underwear. I entered the bathroom. He was in the girls' bathroom, and he was in his underwear, and I caught him. And then it was show and tell that day, and he was holding a chapstick, and he goes, "This my chapstick." And we, anyways, <laughs> it was like the weirdest thing ever. And he told this whole show and tell story about his chapstick. Wait, why was he in the bathroom without? Close on. To this day, I wish... Oh. Aladdin, comment below. <laughs> oh, you don't know. He, I, well, I don't know. He found our podcast. Let me just say that. And he commented. <laughs> he reached out. He reached out. We've connected since. Um, so now I'm scared to tell any real yeah. stories about <laughs> any of these things. Um, but uh, there was one other one that I was going to So tell. did you say this much chapstick or did he say no, this much chapstick? No, he did. He did. Um, oh, and the I other one that was story. that... <laughs> understand. If I'm honest, I don't get the connection. In grade six, I brought like 56 Webkins to school. Yeah, that, this makes sense. <laughs> you were that kid. What, in a garbage bag? Like, how do you carry all those? No, I have them in a carrier. I... <laughs> in a carrier? Did you guys used to like do trades and stuff? Yeah, like Littlest recess? Pet Shops though. It, w- it wouldn't be Webkins. And the beans, those like Mighty, m- beans. Mighty beans. Oh my god, I forgot about Mighty and Beans. And Tamagotchis at recess. Yes. Didn't they end up banning, banning Tamagotchis? Them. We had Heelys that got banned as yeah, well. Yeah, Heelys got banned at my school too. It's but like, so why? funny how all those things were so trendy. Why did they want us to have no I was fun? never tomboy enough to even know what a Heely oh, was. I had two sets of Heelys. I had the single wheels for like quick escapes and then <laughs> double wheels for more stability. You know what I also did once? You know those um, cars that you can get at, at uh, Toys R Us, like the kid cars, like the ones that all the Kardashian babies, oh, like the like, little, like, the jeeps little jeeps. Go, yeah. I brought a jeep to school, <laughs> like a <laughs> Toys R Us jeep I drove, and I didn't. I was so dumb because you know it's like a rechargeable. Those batteries at the time were heavy as hell, and they were like really weird, and you have to like plug them into the wall, and yeah. like it was so crazy. So of course I run out of battery. So I'm gonna like, how did you get I'm to school? That? <laughs> like you pulled up to school in that? Okay? Yeah, I wasn't. I didn't live too far from school, and my friend and I were so dumb, and we literally rolled up in the car, and then we died of battery, and we were trying to be like so swaggy in this Toys R Us car. Oh, it how was, old were you? 
too old for oh, what it was. That makes so much sense. <laughs> like, that I don't know, so 10? Much... Maybe younger. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say, like, 14. No, no. I don't think you could fit when you're 14. They're pretty small. <laughs> I mean, I was little. We also brought it to the convenience store once. It also died battery. I don't know how my parents let us just roll out on that. We'd be like, okay, bye. And like, in your little thing. Drive the neighborhood. Did you guys both fit in it? Or you guys yeah, both had you separate could fit vehicles? two people. No, we were in one vehicle. Oh my god! But that was the thing too. It was very weight sensitive, so like you <laughs> couldn't have like like a, a heavy person. They would have to be like two little people. We drive the neighborhood. It was so funny. You know what? That reminds me of. Oh my Did you god! Have a car? Kind of. So I think as kids we had those like little ones. Like we would all kind of share them in the family. Like and they would get recycled to the newest like baby. You know? Um, no, it wasn't a baby car. But though. like like a toddler. Like a no, no, like. How big is the vehicle? Like I'm, I'm talking like the ones, the ones like, from Toys R Us. Like they're not. Yeah. In my head, they're big. Like in no, my head, they're it's not. Large. It's like it's like this. Like it's like not that big of a thing. It was like heavy. Like you couldn't push it. Yeah, I'm not saying it was light, but okay. I'm saying they're like, they're smaller for a toddler. Okay. Not like an actual like, teenager. I also like, think we. I don't know. Anyways, go ahead. 10 years old was too old. I will flag. Okay, okay. You were above the age limit, I'm sure. It's got to be plus six to even drive, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. But, um, no, okay, so we used to go to the CNE every year, which is like the X here in Toronto, which is kind of like an outdoor carnival. Like, what, what else would you describe it as? Like a fair? Yeah. Kind of like a carnival big, like... Carnival fair, yeah. Anyways, and we would always do it the last day before school, and we'd come to Toronto, and we'd like have a really fun day, and like do all the rides and games, and randomly, you know when you see all those different like games to win the big prizes like there's yes. like the stuffed toys but then there's like a really good prize yeah. some of them and it's like either like a mini motorbike or an electric scooter or like something like that so I was like dad I really want an electric scooter I you'd be one. the best dad ever if you won one don't take the thunder from my story you just had one yeah I did I well I have that. a better story we won one nice so Danny, you know Danny, if I put him to a mission, he's very much so like me in that way. Yeah. So he goes to like the, he saw that there was a crowd around one of the games, like the carnival games. And I guess it was the one where you like throw a block or you throw a ball and you got to knock over like three blocks to get them off the table or something. Okay. And it seems very simple. That's the whole like point of it. So people pay their money, but it's like really hard to do. So my dad was like, guy, you got to tell me the secret. Like what's happening? How are you doing this? I got to win one for my daughter. Aww. This guy was super nice. He was like, here's the secret. You got to like hit it at this angle and like whatever. My dad grew up playing baseball. He's very athletic. So he like knew he could do it. He just needed to know what the technique was. Yeah. So he goes, I kid you not, very first try, boom, wins. And we're all like, Dah! like we are so happy, Aww. right? And then dad feels like the best dad yeah. ever because he's like rolling around with the ex, like with his big prize. People are like, yo, you won that. Aww. So the first year he wins the electric scooter. I take it back to my little town. I used to live in a court. I'm zooming around. I feel like the coolest new kid on the block with okay. my little electric scooter. Fast forward the next year, we go back to the ex and I go, you the dad. Card? You gotta, you gotta do it again. This year, instead of electric scooters, they were mini motorbikes. Like oh literally, God, those were dangerous. They were really they fast. Me. They actually were like hazardous. They were for adults actually, yes. but they were mini sized. And I go, Dad, I really want a motorbike. Oh my God, Danny. And Dad, and Dad goes, Of course, Jack, I got this. What do you know? He won't try again. Wins the motorbike. Oh my so God. Danny's People ego, right? Hated him. Oh, his ego at this point too. Like yeah. carnival carnies must hate him because he like, was winning <laughs> all the stuff. Um, anyway, so he is again feeling so incredible. I rode around my town, and that was just like my defining moment of childhood. So just like my dad won the electric wow. scooters and the motorbike. So really big shout out to you. But you had one too, an electric scooter. Oh yeah, she oh. was speedy too. I brought that to school as well. Oh my this god, was the, I don't know your the, methods of transportation. <laughs> I didn't live too far from school, and I don't know. We just ride around. To be fair, we had like little mini skateboards. We had electric scooters. We had the car. The car was really the prized possession, though. Like I will say, that car got us to some serious. 
the mini serious car. locations. Yeah, like we like we'd get around. Even though town. it died when he got there, <laughs> we'd only ever get like halfway, and then we'd like guess we're pushing it back up the hill. Oh my god, it was so funny. No, sometimes we were smart and we'd pack a secondary battery. Like we did get pretty snazzy. Like it was I honestly so funny. Like how intense we took our car driving. It really is crazy to see like the technology of toy development. Like they make some crazy things. For well, kids. now they have like Rolls Royce versions. Like yeah. which I can tell you right now, mine was very much a Dollarama version. Like it was not. I know mine was like this weird little like car. Mine was cute, but to be fair, I remember my parents saying because like we didn't grow up like with a ton of money or anything and the way they got it was that it was like a sale at Toys R Us and it was like the last one on the thing and it had like it was like the floor model yeah it was like <laughs> default or like floor model or whatever and so yeah. they, that's why we got them because at the time those were like new like oh, that they was were like, like fresh what, on the market they were a lot yeah, yeah. So, Toys R Us used to be the best store does as it kids still do. exist I thought it went bankrupt but then it came back but also like I feel like it's just not the same especially because kids I nowadays would rather just have a cool iPad it's but all digital a, yeah. yeah growing up like going into a Toys R Us was the coolest thing ever like new Barbies and toys and Play-Dohs and like all these things I know I loved Polly Pocket mm, did you ever eat the clothes like a little snack ew <laughs> I saw I'm it. telling you we would not have been friends as kids like I just know no I didn't I just saw a tweet and it was really funny and it was like nothing will hit the same as chewing a Polly Pocket skirt back in 08 yeah because they, they like did gummy kind of material. I know, they were I like know. gummy it's true and the uh, like easy bake ovens like just oh, such I a lo- memory I loved easy bake oven I used to love the Barbie dream house one year for Christmas I asked for Aww. the one with like the elevator that you would like yes. wind up and that was like the coolest thing to me I loved Barbie I and Ken Barbie. together I always played Bratz I liked too but they were a little more like scandalous yeah I didn't play with Bratz as much as Barbie um how do you feel now being 23 in this very moment I do actually I feel like 23 is that not like it's not that much crazier than 22 right whereas 24 seems a lot older than 23 to me Thank so maybe you. next birthday I'll freak out <laughs> one year ahead but um yeah 23 seems very underwhelming what's that song lyric nobody likes you when you're 23 yeah and whereas like, 22 is um, ow, I, don't I don't know about, about you but I'm, I'm feeling 22. 22 where I feel like that's like 22 was such a vibe I do agree 23 was kind of like a eh 22 should have been a vibe. I'm going to be honest. My 22 year of life has been a little locked in the house. But um, yeah, 22 was definitely not what I expected. Yeah. But 22 has been a little locked in the house. (laughs) Yeah. It's like not the same vibe. That's hilarious. Okay. So what is the vision then for 23? What is like a, like a goal or like a vision that you have for this year? Um, honestly, at this point, I just feel like life is so unclear with the state of the world that I actually don't know, but I have to say what is very different. I feel like about this year and this birthday, besides all the obvious state of the world is that I actually feel like I'm kind of feeling good. Good. I always talk about this. December is my worst month. I just mentally don't feel good. I feel like burnt yeah. out. I feel like I always get into this weird depressive state. I just like am not doing good in December. And it sucks because my birthday hits then and then it's like Christmas time. And then that makes me even more sad because I'm like, why should I be sad? It's like such a nice time. And then like right. it makes me even more sad. And then it's New Year's and then that makes me reflective and nostalgic. Right. Like it's just all of these like, I feel like very Milestone intense milestones. Yeah. Exactly. So coupled it all together, it's just like, oh, I hate December. And it's like so sad because it's like, why not look forward to like love the end of the year? Yeah. But I have to say, I'm feeling good. Nice. So I don't know if it's like, if I'm drinking it. No. But um, no, I think I feel excited. My goal is actually to be like hopefully snowboarding and like outdoors nice. a lot more this winter just because of lockdown and stuff. If that's something that we can do safely and if I can like go up on weekends and do that, yes. like I think that'll be really good for me. And Ideally, on my birthday, I'd love to be doing that. But again, right now, I don't know, like, what's allowed. Yeah. But that, to me, is, like, ten times more of, like, my dream day than, like, 
it would be like going out to a club with friends. Like that's still yeah. obviously super fun. I'm like, obviously would love AKA that. Now what like, we did last year, the chalice of Jacqueline. Um, but yeah, like that is like very much so my style. So I think it'll be a very chill birthday, but like at least not like a crying feeling down birthday, yes. which would be good. Yeah, so. it's fair. Yeah. Good. All right. Well, we are going to hop into our living bodaciously segment. You guys know we love to share stories brought to us by our audience. You guys are so special and you share your bodacious moments with us and we share them anonymously on the pod and give our two cents because you know us, we can never not shut up about our feelings. And we like to hear about your feelings as well. So like Tor said, these are anonymous. Don't worry, we're not spilling too much of the tea, but we did want to sh- highlight some of your epic wins. So this one we have here, Tori very appropriate, appropriately named it Sharing Who I Am. And this was a really epic story that we wanted to share. This one says, I acted bold when I finally came out of the closet. Growing up, I always knew that I was gay, but I was also taught by society that it wasn't right. So I hide that side of me at all costs. This created a level of shame that made me extremely hard to live authentically. When I was younger, I never thought I would come out, but in my early 20s, I developed a major depression and decided to make a change and to face my fear. I started telling my friends and family. In some cases, it wasn't as accepted, but overall, I did feel loved and proud of who I was. Coming out took so much weight off my shoulders and allowed me to reach my full potential. I wish I did it sooner. That story, as soon as I read it, honestly, just like stuck out and was so inspiring. I think it's so easy to forget because we seemingly live in an accepting world that was much more accepting than it was years ago, Mm -hmm. how hard it still is to do. And it's really so inspiring. And especially if you have a family that's not accepting, it's, it's, it's a big fear for sure. Absolutely. I also just, I hope that everyone wants to be their most authentic self, you know? And I think that's such a beautiful message to say that I wish I did it sooner because it just goes to show that even though they took that bold step to push themselves into that new direction, ultimately it was the right choice and it got them to where they need to be. And I think as hard and as sad as it may be to say, if people aren't going to accept you, those are for, not people you need in well, your exactly. life. That just shows that they actually were never rooting for you or fully there for you in the first place, which that's obviously a really hard pill to swallow. But the reality is onwards and upwards and you, everyone deserves to be surrounded by a good supportive group of people. So I also I just love that. deeply believe in love. I'm a love doctor and <laughs> I want everyone to be so love doctor, love Dr. Tori in the house, love Dr. Jacqueline in the house. We want you to have love. Um, but it's so true. Like I, I just, I so love love and I love people that love love and I love people that want to be authentically in love. And so I just, I love this story. I also find it fascinating too. Like when people decide to come out because I feel like it's such a varying range. Like you hear people that are out and proud by the time they're 11 and have discovered that of themselves. Whereas other people, they wait until their early 20s. Some people you hear, it's not until they're like 70 Mm -hmm. and they finally come to terms and come out. And that's, I think, also a good takeaway. It's like everyone is on their own path and there's no timeline of what is right and what is wrong. It's all like what you were saying, back to authenticity and when it feels right for you. And Absolutely. And also like if there are people in your life where you feel like they need to be pushed in a certain direction, I feel like I've been in scenarios like that and it's actually like just none of our business like I think I think I I just love giving people the space to figure out who they want to be and when they want to share their truth then that's up to them I also think too there was I was reading a lot of different articles especially um about like safety and coming out and if you're in a place not if you're not accepted by your family and it's genuinely not safe for you to because you will be put in a risky situation like you have to make the best choice for you and your health and take care of your heart baby yeah We love you. Thanks for sharing. That was a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing. We have another story here, Tor. This is all you. Wow. This one is called No Real Plan. (laughs) 
I've had an itch to move abroad for years, probably ever since I visited Europe backpacking when I was 20. My career in Toronto was going well. I landed a job at a company and industry I wanted, had a partner, amazing friends, loving family, a dog, and my own place. Wow, this person's living their best. But there was still a void in me that needed to be filled. When I was redundant in my job, it was even more clear that I had to do to do it and go. I took a year to save up some money, finished my photography course I had started prior to being laid off, got my two-year visa, and moved to London. Wow. That's a dream. I'm going to assume London, UK, not <laughs> London, London, Ontario. Ontario. <laughs> With no real plan, I made the move to both excitement and concern from others around me. I was also 30, so I had years of experience and knew some people in London. I felt really confident, but more excited and adventurous than anything else. My first few months job searching didn't land any roles, but going through a friend slash an old colleague, I was offered a gig in Bali for a month doing photography and some marketing work. Wow, Bali. Okay. I've yeah. been there. I love it. Whilst there, love this writing. Whilst there, I also ended up landing a job at my current company. It was a great month. When I got back to London, I started my job. Three years later, I've been promoted twice, got sponsored to stay in the country, and more than doubled my salary. Cha-ching! I also have a loving partner and that we and we live together. I'd say my move has paid off not just with career or income, but with life experience, travel, love, and self-awareness. That, my friend, is a bodacious story. That might be the most bodacious story we've heard in a hot minute. That is crazy. It's so funny. This person lives a very perfect life. I know. I was going to say, it's so funny (laughs) to map out the milestones and like lay them out like that because it's like, oh wow, it just worked. It worked but out great for you. We were literally saying this the other day because we were recalling when we just launched the podcast, which now I guess was 70 episodes ago, so 70 hours of work later. And what's so crazy is Jack and I were saying when things happen so naturally, like in this story, you know it's happening for the right reason. Mm-hmm. Like you know it's meant to be there. I think yeah. when things are forced or they feel too, you know, fake or um, uh, like, I don't know, like convoluted, you should like walk away from it. Yeah, I do think there's something to be said for like the ease of things falling into place. But it's also interesting too because I wonder if there was a lot more road bumps that this viewer just didn't share. Whether I'm it's sure. because like timing I mean, and are you talking about the fact that we've had a road bumps along the way <laughs> on the podcast? <laughs> well, yeah, I was gonna kind of go back to what we were saying earlier about like you talk about these stories of childhood and you maybe like are missing some major moments or you romanticize it in so many ways. So it sounds like this easy, perfectly packaged story, but I'm sure this person has also experienced so many bumps before reaching their milestones. Oh, but absolutely. I'm also just so inspired and now I want to move to Bali. <laughs> Why am I here? Guys, Bali is the place to be, but Ugh. it is so true. I think that is a good sentiment that we do like to romanticize life and we like to make it seem like it was all a highlight reel and picture perfect, but there's no doubt that in between, I mean, he did even say my first few months job searching, I didn't land any roles. And <laughs> those are the months where you're sitting there going, oh, hey, do I have enough yeah. money in my bank and account to pay for my ramen? And yeah, exactly. <laughs> eating KD, you know. And that's the thing too. It's like sacrifices are if, if sacrifices are going towards a reward or something right. that you're looking forward to, then it is totally worth it. It's like risk and reward and you I have agree. to, it's like a personal decision. No one can tell you, oh my God, that's too risky. That's not the right choice. You are the only one that can only know that answer. So if it's worth it to you, then it's worth it. There's no other, it's there's so no discretion. True. Yeah. You're doing is it. Is it worth it to live in Bali and just eat KD for just two weeks before I get a job? Absolutely. Is it worth it to put all that work in and then double your salary? Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. I love that. Well, thank you for your bodacious stories. You guys know we love them. Thank you to our sponsor, Bodacious, for always letting us bring your zesty stories to life. Bring this crazy little podcast we do to life as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we will see you in our next episode. Thanks so much. This has been Potty Talk, the podcast where, where we should talk, talk ourselves. ourselves. I'm Jack. And I'm Tor. And goodbye. See ya. Never. (laughs) Bye, guys.